listening to the Good Shit Daily Podcast. It's been about a year, so I figured it's time for the yearly episode. You're hearing the pauses right now out of Orlando. I recently photographed uh, their show and did a video for a local music project that I do here in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I fell in love with them. They are poppy and dancey, but also uh, sort of sad and sludgy, and I, I can't get enough of them. I uh, really hope that you enjoyed their, their music. You'll hear some on the outro as well. Thank you so much to The Pauses for letting me use their music on this Not Safe for Work mental health podcast. I hope everyone that's listening is is doing well. It's been a while since you've heard my voice. And um, a lot of that is is me getting in my own head and getting in the way of making progress happen. A lot of it is shame for not being able to make things happen that I wanted to happen. The universe has been giving me lots of no's lately and it's been hard to cope with and then a lot of it's been distractions and trying to get my head back in the game and get back to the level of activism where where I want to be not just where I think I should be but where I am currently now and doing what I can with with the tools that are in front of me and and everything the universe is giving me It's not easy. It's hard, especially when your mind is telling you all the time that the things you're doing are wrong or no one cares about the things that you're doing or that you're wasting your time. You have to constantly fight your own brain to do something that your heart is telling you you should be doing. And I got to tell you, the last year has been a roller coaster. For those of you who listen to the podcast or, you know, follow me on Twitter, but haven't really leaned into my um, Instagram so much where I'm most active, you might not know that I stopped drinking in January. And that wasn't a decision based on you know, discovering I was an alcoholic or, you know, a lot of the times you hear stories about, you know, they had this uh, person had this horrific event happen to them or they realized suddenly that they had a problem and they stopped drinking. And that's not been my experience. My experience was uh, really cornerstoned around a boy and it's so dumb to like, it's so dumb to say it that way, but it, it really, honestly and truly, the, my dating life is really what helped make me stop drinking and clear my head and get my mind back into a place where I, where I wanted it to be. I had met this person online and it seemed pretty mutual like he was into me I guess like we talked a lot on the phone and we had all the same things in common mostly as far as music and 
animal rights stuff and political views and whatever. And then I don't know what it was. He blew me off a few times, a couple times, and it sucked. And I went and saw him at one of his shows. He was in a band, or is in a band. I've been talking about him like he's dead. He's not. Um, and I went out with my friend earlier in the day, and I had like six, six or seven like gin and tonics. I was deep, deep into gin and tonics in the afternoon. And then I got brave and I was like, well, I'm just going to go to his show and like be amazing and, you know, just whatever, you know, drunk girls do when they are hurt and not really willing to deal with what's going on on the inside for them. And I showed up and I was charming and it was fine and whatever. And then I walked home and I just felt empty and I felt like. Like that emptiness was going to be stuck with me forever. That I was always going to be chasing that person or that that partner or that idea of. And I didn't want and I knew the alcohol at that point. I, I came when I walked home and I cried all the way home and then I came through my back door and I sat down and I was bawling my eyes out and. I remember thinking very clearly the alcohol is not helping the situation. I, and I was beyond drunk, maybe 10, 10 drinks in within a, like a span of a few hours because at that point my tolerance was ridiculously high. And very clearly crying on the floor, thinking to myself, like the alcohol is not helping the situation. It's not helping you feel better. It's masking all of these other issues and making you project all of your self-doubt onto this particular situation. Because him not being into me or standing me up and all that has nothing to do with me. That's all his problem and his issues. And I, as far as I'm concerned, I probably dodged a bullet there. But that's the last night that I had any alcohol. And that was the end of January, January 27th, I think. And uh, I have had a few moments where, like, I wanted, you know, just to go grab a beer because I really do enjoy craft beer. But I also know that I can't be the mental health activist that I want to be when I'm drinking. And I don't know how long the sobriety will last if I'll go back to maybe like having one beer, you know, every once in a while, because I, I, I like the taste of it, but my days of going out and getting drunk to get drunk or being drunk at all are over. That's, that's not going to be me anymore. It's not something I want to be doing. Uh, I don't feel good about it. I, I don't feel like it's a productive way to spend my life. And I don't care if anyone else does, but for me, it's just, it's not something I'm, I'm doing anymore. Some other life updates. I, uh, there's a lot I can't talk about <laughs> right now. So I, I, I don't want to spill too much, but I am 
getting the ball rolling and starting to write more on my blog. So it's not just going to be podcasts. It's going to be all multimedia and, and all kinds of different things, mental health related and putting all of my energy that I have into that to make it work. So for the foreseeable future, it's going to be all about me and and building the community of Good Shit Daily in order to better understand myself, but to spread awareness of the things that I've learned through this journey of anxiety and depression and single mom life and being sober and vegan and and working on being the best person that I can be for others to share the hope and the light that's in me that everyone else sees that I have really trouble, really hard time seeing. I also have a few articles coming out. I don't know if they'll be out by the time I release this, but a, a publication called North that focuses on suicide prevention is going to be publishing a few articles on my story I will let you guys know when that comes out. I'm very excited about that. Today, mostly though, I wanted to give you guys an update on what I'm doing, but I also wanted to talk about the language that we use with mental health. I found myself gravitating towards this topic the last few months because, frankly, the way some of y'all talk about mental health pisses me off. And I want to go about this in a very constructive, informative, educational way from my point of view and what speaks to me and, and what bothers me about the language centered around mental health, especially for those of us who haven't been to therapy extensively or haven't been to a good therapist or haven't studied language around it or haven't really sat with the uncomfortableness of what people say and try to analyze it, which I do constantly. And I know that all of y'all with anxiety and, you know, especially the generalized anxiety disorder people out there, I know y'all feel me on this because sometimes people will say something to you and they may be super well-meaning and super nice and and really just want to help you, but then you, you sit back and think about it and you feel wretched and gutted and awful and are they really trying to be nice or are they just trying to make themselves feel more comfortable? Are they trying to make themselves feel better about our sadness when really it's got nothing to do with them? I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine who, bless his heart, is is a sweet, generous, generous, loving person. He's just a good dude. And we haven't spoken in five or six years or, or maybe something longer than that. But we recently reconnected and, and I'm really glad that we did. And he's, he's a good dude. But some of the language that he was using when he was speaking with me about my anxiety just... I couldn't not say something to him. And if it had been any other random person, I would have just com- completely just ignored it and, and let it let it ride and just deal with it in my own way. We have to stop letting people who don't suffer from mental illnesses railroad us into things that we're not comfortable with. 
and I'll give you an example. So what he was saying, what he was saying to me, I, I was conveying how I was in a really dark place and, and I found myself, you know, just wanting to be alone and that's not like me. And he said something to the effect of, well, I don't like that one bit. And just that sentence, like, you you don't have to like it. This is not, I, I'm not here for you to like what's going on with me. I'm not telling you what's going on with me because I want you to like it or I, I need your permission or, or, you know, I don't know. It, I'm not here to make you feel comfortable. You asked me about how I was feeling and how my anxiety was doing and I'm telling you and then I, I told him, he said, you know, it's not got anything to do with you. He said it, that knowing that all of this is happening to me does not sit well with him. And that just triggered something in me because it, it doesn't have to sit well with you. It shouldn't sit well with you. Someone who, when someone tells you that they have to fight suicidal thoughts every day, it should not sit well with you at all at all <laughs> and you shouldn't you can't try to fix that person you can't try to fix someone's suicidal thoughts you can't try to fix someone's anxiety or their mental illness it does not work it does not work and so you know I wrote him and I said you know the the your language is problematic it, it's I'm not here to make you feel comfortable if it makes you feel weird, that's on you. I, I'm not going to muffle my screams. It's just it's just not going to happen. And then it, it just it kind of went from there and we had a really good conversation about it and it's fine. We're friends. You know, that's not going to change, but at the same time, I, I we have to be very careful about the way that we speak to each other. I posed a question on Instagram a few days ago on what language they, people found were harmful, uh, what words or phrases people found harmful when they were encountering people who don't necessarily have a mental illness. Someone replied with the word should, and I could not agree with that more. That word should, like you should do this, you should do that is or you need to do this you need to do that is anything in those those sort of absolutes is I find super harmful and it makes me feel bad that I I can't do those things you know and someone says or there's a post that said you know you should never let yourself or your brain tell you X, Y, Z. You should never let someone make you feel blah, blah, blah. That's not a reality. Those sort of absolutes are are condemning because I don't have control over that part of my brain. I don't have control over the part of the brain that says, when someone says something nice to you, my best friend, Robin, she's been on the podcast. She saved my life. She's She's one of the strongest, most beautiful, most creative, amazing, truthful, honest, genuine people that I've ever met in my entire life. So I know that when she tells me that I'm amazing and I've got shit going for me and I'm 
I'm doing good things and I'm beautiful and all this stuff. I know she means it. And I know that that that's the absolute truth. But there's 75% of my brain that says, this girl's just being nice to you. Like, you're not really. Because if you were, you'd have all of this and this and this and this. And someone else will, would think these things too. She's just being nice. She's just saying nice things because she's your friend. I don't have control over that part of my brain. And it's loud. It is fire truck engine in my head loud. So to post things and to say stuff to people, you shouldn't let that get to you. You shouldn't let your brain think like that. You shouldn't focus on those negative thoughts. It takes a fuck ton of energy to not focus on those negative thoughts. And I've got just enough energy to get through the day (laughs) on a normal day, let alone having to fight all these extra negative thoughts, which sometimes it's just better to let them ride themselves out because I know that they're false. And I know that most of the time there's no merit behind any of them. But to assume that you can just say these things to people and they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I won't. I Okay, that's easy. I just won't do that. Doesn't work that way. Also, I think within the mental health community, we get hyper-focused on what works for us. And we try to put that on other people that have similar mental illnesses. And I'm guilty of this. I've done this a lot and I'm trying to curb myself of it is that damn unsolicited advice from Instagram, online wannabe therapists. (laughs) Like We got to stop doing that to each other because what works for me is not going to necessarily work for you. Nothing is linear. It's all unlimited and indefinite. And the ways in which we can go to heal ourselves, it's, it's like the universe. You can go in literally any direction that you need to go in and make as many curves as you need to and make as many pit stops and as many different planets as you need to to get to where you need to go and me telling you how I did it is not always helpful sometimes it can make other people feel like well that was easy for her she, you know she went through it she did this thing why isn't it working for me that's because our brains are different Our mental illness is different. Our extenuating circumstances are different. I can't tell a a woman of color with with a generalized anxiety disorder how to handle her anxiety because her life is completely different from mine. I have a, a set of privileges that were given to me just because I have the color of the skin I have and it's not fair and it's bullshit and I think I think mental health activists and the community as a whole need to be doing more for this. And I'm fucking trying to be more inclusive and be more aware of the, the language and, and spending my privilege in ways where it, it helps instead of hinders people. And part of that is listening and not telling any person of color how they should go about their therapy or how they should go about their recovery because that's not my place. I, I don't know what it's like to grow up or to have the same sort of of fears and and stigmas that that they have. Um, I don't, and I don't have any place 
giving anyone advice anyway. I don't think anyone does. But especially in that case. I also think that unless you, unless someone specifically asks you for advice on something or you are treating a person, actively treating a person as their therapist, we should all just leave advice at the door. You sh- we shouldn't be doling it out. I'm, I'm really going to push for this. I think the one thing, the one universal thing that we can do for everyone who's suffering is love them. That's it. Just love and support and uh, and listen to them and hear them, really, really, really hear them and sit down with their uncomfortable situation, no matter how shitty it feels for you, is to sit there and soak it in and learn from it and ask them, what do you need from me? What can I do for you? How can I help you get out of the situation, if anything. That's it. Don't do more than that. I don't need more than that. And everyone's different and someone might need more, but at that point, you've got to ask for more. Something else someone, uh, actually a former coworker of mine, uh, said one of her answers to the language that people use is when people ask her if she's on medication, and I, I don't mean I'm not laughing at that. I just find it funny that we're still having conversations around medication and there's such a, a, a push for it to be not stigmatized. But then also the same people who are, oh, she's on, you know, she's on medication for that are the same people who are like, oh, she's crazy. She needs to be on something. And it's so interesting to me how people talk about medication when they've never taken any sort of anti-anxiety or antidepressant for anything or they've had they took one and they were fine I've been on three or four different ones and and medication for me just doesn't work like I'd take DayQuil and I feel high as a kite for eight hours it doesn't work for me it it under an extreme scenario after my suicide attempt I was on it for about six or seven months I was on a antidepressant and that helped me, like, you know, not kill myself and stuff. And, you know, that was good. But it it just put me in a fog in, like, a really basic, um, low-dose antidepressant made me kind of zombie-ish. And I don't want to be zombied. I don't want to be pacified. I don't want to have a medication or a person or someone just come and fix me and put a band-aid on this big gushing wound. I want to get into it and feel it and figure it out. Why is this longing there? Why is this pain there? Why is this suffering happening? And I just want to fix it from the inside. That doesn't work for everyone. Some people need the medication. Some people need it to survive. And I needed it at one point. But I think that whether or not I'm on medication or my friend, my old co-worker who brought this to my attention is on medication is none of anyone's fucking business. Some of us take medication for anxiety and depression and some of us don't. What we're doing to handle and take care of ourselves 
unless we volunteer that information to you, it doesn't involve you at all. So don't ask us if we're on medication. It's such a bullshit thing to do. I think it genuinely sometimes comes out of a place of love, but also suggesting that someone get on medication. Someone did this to me recently. You know, maybe you should, you know, take something if if things are, are so bad. It's not how it works. There's not always a quick fix. There's not always a easy solution. Sometimes you got to get down into the mud and and figure it out and get really, really, really down into it in order to get out of it. And sometimes we just need to be in the mud a while. And that's that's where I've been. I've been deep down in the mud trying to figure out what my next moves are, where I'm going to end up, what I want to do, where, what my goals are. And, you know, the language that we use when we talk to ourselves is really important too. I've been going through a lot of, of, uh, resurrecting old behaviors and old habits that, hedonistic me was using to cope with my life not being where I wanted it to be and I don't want to do those things anymore I, I don't know what got me down this path if it's just you know old people coming back into my life or or I I just ran out of shit to um mask the pain so I've been you know, I don't have alcohol as a crutch anymore. So I have been trying to get endorphins in other ways. And I think I'm, I'm causing myself more harm than good. And I think it's important that when we recognize the harmful activities that we're doing, or, or maybe not the most constructive things that we're doing, that aren't adding to the joy in our life long-term, we don't beat ourselves up over it, that we're not allowing those voices inside of our head to take up too much space for too long. And that's where I'm at. I'm trying to squash those voices that are telling me what a terrible, awful, no good example I am. (laughs) And it's tough. It's not... It's not an easy thing to do, but all we can do really is is show up. And I think my main goal for the rest of this year and for 2019 is to just show up to my commitments, to my job, to activism, for myself, for my happiness, just to show up in spaces where either mentally or physically are pushing me towards the goals that I decide to set. And again, I don't know what those goals are yet. This was really hard to record today. I had a really, really shit day. And I think at some point I'll tell y'all about it. Maybe in a couple of weeks, remind me to tell you in a couple of weeks why today was so shit. Um... But I really thank you guys for being here and supporting me and supporting my journey and 
and telling me your stories. Please let me know what, what language you would like to see eradicated from the mental health community. What, what your friends and family, what, what do you want them to know um, as far as speaking to you and and you know just to point out really quickly before I, I wrap this up you know if it's hard to stand up to people and say I don't like the way that you're speaking to me or I don't like the language that you're using but it's so 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 important to do so if you can find a way to do it that doesn't harm your mental health or doesn't put you in a space that's unhealthy you know for your your physical or, or mental well-being then please do it. Please, you know, ask for what you need, not only from the universe, but the people around you. Those who really care about you will sit in that uncomfortable state for as long as they can. I promise you those people are out there. I found them and I can't give enough credit to Tyler and Robin and Andy and Hannah and Sasha for just not giving a shit about how uncomfortable it is. Thank y'all so much. And thank you for listening. And this is the good shit daily, not safe for work mental health podcast, where we're just going to curse a lot and talk about what I know. I'm not a therapist. I'm not trying to give you advice. I'm not trying to tell you what's right or wrong. These are all opinions. Find me on Instagram at good underscore shit underscore daily same for twitter good shit daily on facebook uh, go to goodshitdaily.com you can find all the blog posts there you can find this recording there hopefully you've been there already share your story with me if you want i uh, will check all of my messages i don't always reply because i don't have the energy to <laughs> it doesn't mean i'm not reading them it doesn't mean i don't care but I love to hear them. I hope you guys show up tomorrow and the day after and the day after. Take care, everybody. 